Are you looking for a comprehensive and convenient online health fitness training platform? Look no further than Vikido Fitness Academy. With a variety of programs designed to meet your needs, this platform offers everything from weight loss and wellness group coaching programs to an emotional intelligence course. You'll learn what to eat in order to achieve optimal health and energy levels. You'll have access to exercise training, live coaching meetups with myself, Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and other instructors, as well as support and accountability throughout your journey. Whether you prefer to work out at home or at your favorite gym, Vikido Fitness Academy makes it easy to follow along with their programs. So get started on your journey to better health and fitness. Visit vikidofitness.com forward slash VDF Academy. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about America's fourth leading cause of death. According to new research, poverty is the fourth greatest cause of death in the United States. It's estimated that poverty was associated with 183,000 deaths in 2019 among people 15 years and older. We're going to discuss the latest measures and definitions of poverty. We also will talk about what we can do to address some of the health outcomes and disparities due to poverty. There is hope. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. D. Banks. How are you? Hello, Vicki Doe. What you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great day. It's still chilly, chilly, willy. I just was looking on my phone. There's a freeze warning for tonight. I mean, we ever going to get any um, real spring? I'm a, you know, July. Uh, probably. Look, it's in this a in, 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 in a few days. It's May. And, you know, you were saying when we were talking last week on the show, I was asking you about planting your mm-hmm. flowers. And that's why you said you guys don't plant anything until end of May, beginning of June. Yes. And so what has happened is um, I've noticed the guys are out there. They're just kind of cleaning up and raking up and getting stuff ready. But no, they're not going to start really planning now because it's too cold. It makes no sense to do that. It's right. It's cold. It is too cold. But we are here. We are here. We are definitely here. Yes, indeed. Today, this is episode 256. And we are going to talk about America's fourth leading cause of death, and that is poverty. That's right. Poverty is the fourth greatest cause of death in the United States, according to new research. Researchers at the University of California, Riverside, estimate that poverty was associated with 183,000 deaths in 2019 among people 15 years and older. And that's a conservative estimate. 
they say, because the year was just prior to COVID-19 pandemic. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the United States measures poverty based on how an individual or a family's income compares to a set federal threshold. For example, in the 2021 definition, people are considered impoverished if their individual income is below $12,880 or if their household income is below $26,500 for a family of four. And so after five consecutive years in decline, the U.S. poverty rate increased to 11.4% in 2020 or a total of 37.2 million people. And so this episode, we're going to talk about what we do as a community, what we can do, and as a nation to address some of the health outcomes and disparities due to poverty. And then we're going to always ask our co-host, Dr. D. Banks, if there's anything coming to get us, any bacteria, (laughs) or what have you coming to get us. As per usual, we're going to do that. And so we ask for you to stay tuned to this episode of It's All About Health and Fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness. So what do you say, Dee? Ah, this thing about poverty is just, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a problem that we've been dealing with in this country for decades, decades. And it just doesn't seem like, you know, we're making a lot of progress. People want to say that we're making a lot of progress. But when you talk about those things that we're going to talk about today, people are, you know, there's still a lot of people who are impoverished, as you said. Yes. And so, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting episode. Now, make sure, make sure, folks, you go and sign up for our awesome course. We haven't talked about it, but we still have our course on Vicky Doe Fitness Academy platform. It's called Emotional Intelligence, a comprehensive approach for maximizing performance and quality of life. And this is an online eight-week course that is facilitated by our certified emotional intelligence instructor, Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consulting. And so, yes, our emotional health is important and it affects our health and well-being. Emotional intelligence, you always hear that word, emotional intelligence. It is a critical life skill that can help you build stronger relationships, communicate effectively, and manage stress and anxiety. And so in this course, you will be able to learn and apply the critical core competencies that are needed to relate and navigate in different and sometimes stressful environments. You will learn to understand and own up to your own emotions and feelings and learn how to navigate them in healthy ways. You'll be able to work with teams and colleagues at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to relate with your families and be more productive and effective in your everyday life. And so this Vicky Doe Fitness Emotional Intelligent course is designed to be interactive and engaging with weekly exercise, group discussions, and group coaching by our phenomenal instructor for this course, Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consultant. And so you'll get that personalized support and guidance throughout this program, which will help you apply what you've learned 
to your daily life. And so for more information about this course, go to www.vickidofitness.com forward slash emotional intelligence and sign up today. Yes, invest in yourself. And so we're excited to have you join us on this journey of self-discovery and growth. And so make sure you sign up today at vikidofitness.com forward slash emotional intelligence. And you'll be so glad that you did. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, I got a chance to hang out with some of the Jack and Jill kids. Yes. Yes. Tell me about it. What did you do? Well, Dr. Tanya Farmer, she invited me because when she has this program, this this health fair um, for the kids, for the chapter, I come in and talk about nutrients and nutritious things to eat and make it fun for the kids. And so this time I brought with me, since Natalie was here with me for the week, I brought her here with me to the to their function and we made sandwich kebabs they were healthy we put we put we had the kids build their sandwich so they put some of the the um cherry tomatoes and the the cucumbers and the mozzarella cheese and the broccoli and all that and oh wow dip it in some ranch and all that and we were talking about you know the importance of eating healthy and all of that and so that was great and natalie she was she was great too and the the kids were just the kids are smart when i said let's recap they they recapped and everything it's great to have smart kids you know it is and 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 we had a lot of fun we had a lot of fun that was in the morning and then that evening natalie we went up to cleveland we visited andrea she had to work so she and i natalie and i went to our dance company that i wanted to make sure i see what was that about that was limon dance company they were founded in 1946 by uh let me see jose limon and doris free in New York, New York City. And so they're still they're still doing their thing. They're more American modern dance. It, it was great. We went there oh, wow. to see them. They were in our area. And Wayne Smith reminded me because the one and only Professor Wayne Smith up in Memphis, Tennessee, he saw them when they were because they're touring now. So he saw okay. them when they were in his area. So he said, make sure when they come, you know, to your area that you check them out. So they were in Cleveland and it was great. And I like, oh, I like, it's a part of Dance Cleveland, their program up in um, Cleveland at the Playhouse. And I love it because at the end, they had the dancers come out and um, talk and answer questions from the audience. So that's what I liked about that. But it was really good. It was really nice. Were there a lot of people there? Yes, they were. Okay. They were. Yeah. It was just that Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Mm. That Saturday evening. Yeah. I saw on Facebook that you guys had gone up there, but I was like, I don't know anything about these uh these dances yes yeah it was it was definitely modern dance because natalie's like oh wow mom it's i say yeah that's the true modern dance right there (laughs) that's great yeah so that was fun and 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 that was my little you know my little weekend so get away get away get away so what did you do what did you do a good time we we had a good time with um natalie last week didn't we yes we did 
Yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, looking forward to our trip coming up next week. Yeah, next week we're going to be in London. London, England. Yes. yes. So what did I do? So this past weekend I went to New York. And, okay. you know, New York is always fun. You got to get in New York before they take all your money, every bit of money <laughs> that you have, every cent, penny, and dime. Every nickel and, and dime. Um, every nickel and dime. Mm-hmm. And saw some, went to some great jazz shows, great jazz clubs. Okay. Met up with my girlfriend, Rolanda Watts, who's kind of like my little sister. Rolanda is an actress in New York. She was in Los Angeles. And we all grew up together. She's a much younger. Okay. I think by about 10 years. But, uh-huh. you know, as you get older, that gets closer. But um, <laughs> she she used to have her own show in the 90s called Rolanda. Yeah. So on Sunday, I wanted to do brunch. So she had the great idea of we did a Harlem hop. And we went to the four most famous restaurants in Harlem. One is Red Rooster, that's owned by this guy, Marcus Samuelson, that a lot of people have heard about. He was an Ethiopian young kid yes. who was adopted by parents from Sweden. And he's big time, a big time chef. Big time chef, big mm. time chef. And we went there and then we went to a place called the Row House that was in the area and they had wonderful jazz, great food. Then we went to a place called Sylvia's and Sylvia's yes. is famous because that's where all, that's in the room where it happens. Big time. All the, are made, all the, you know, mayors and, you know, certainly people in the black community who are movers and shakers. President Clinton has an office in um, in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And then we went to another place called The Social, which was just kind of another atmosphere of uh, music. They had uh, televisions up because they, the, I mean, the Knicks were playing rather in baseball. And uh, it was just kind of a nice and the weather was Fabulous. You could not have better weather. And then, you know, went to the museums, went to the Brooklyn Museum and the MoMA to see some you know, shows. And then you got to run rapidly out of New York. Because <laughs> by then, by then your pockets are empty and they have grabbed at everything that you could, they could possibly grab at that's green. Exactly. So, yeah, New York is just, you know, Friday night to Sunday afternoon is about enough of New York. That way you can run with your pocketbook at least a little bit in, in, with you without having all your money taken it's an expensive town oh Ooh. big time big time but now everything is expensive no matter where everything yeah everything is expensive yeah. but that's great you did have a good time then huh i did have a good time yeah it was fine yeah and it's 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 nice to just um be able to take a quick trip you know exactly just to get away to breathe you know um, and like I said, it wasn't cold, wasn't rainy, and especially to have some nice weather. And especially the, what I like about New York is that, you know, I took my, I had my Fitbit on and I walked probably five miles a day while I was there. Yes. You know, about doing that here because it's just not conducive to walking. No, it's not. So it's good to be able to walk those many, many, many miles. Exactly. And, and then you're having fun too, so. Right, exactly. And you know, here you're thinking, oh, I can't even walk two miles. Well, shoot, there I walk five. So yeah, I can walk. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Do some walking. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, D, what is going on this week? Oh my goodness, the news was was coming fast and furious. Each day it was like late breaking news. It was so I could breaking. Work. I know, it was so breaking. I was broke. I, I could barely I could barely work from the late breakers blowing up my phone. It was um, a breaking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one I'll, I'll talk about was, and and I had personally met him with my sister and my girlfriend. Uh, you you know, uh, you remember Dr. Orduba, you all met them in yes. Los Angeles. Cynthia, my girlfriend from college, his wife, Cynthia Orduba, we were in a restaurant in Los Angeles. Actually, she was taking me to see my, my bucket list, Barbara Streisand. Okay, yes. Uh, on concert. It was, okay. I've always wanted to do that. And Olu gave up his seat for me. Okay. So we went to this restaurant, Japanese restaurant across the street. So my sister's there. She wasn't able to go, but she went to the restaurant. So we looked over and there's Jamie Foxx. So my sister goes, I bet you won't go up and say anything to him. And I'm like, okay, let me get a glass of wine. Took a glass of wine. And I was like, okay, I got the courage and went up to him. Okay. He was so nice. He jumps up before I could get to the table. He comes up, he goes, yeah, I see you ladies over there. And I said, I am so sorry to butt in because, you know, I know you're with your friends. He goes, ma'am, if I was rude to you, my grandmother would have beat me all up. Come on over here. And he introduced himself to us and we took all kinds of pictures. So That's on nice. a sad note, now we don't know what he has. These are all rumors. Yeah, the rumors. Jamie, it's reported that Jamie Foxx is steadily improving amid unspecified medical issues. Now the rumors, of course, which is all online, is that he had a stroke or an yes. aneurysm. Nobody really knows. Right. I mean, it's not been put out publicly. As Jamie Foxx remains in the hospital recovering from unspecified medical issues. New reports say his condition is steadily improving since being rushed to the emergency room on April the 11th. He's in Georgia, Vicki. In Atlanta, yeah, yeah. In Atlanta. So he must be in Emory. I can't imagine that he's any other place right. than Emory, right? Emory, yeah. So NBC's Blaine Alexander reports for today, Jamie Foxx is an actor, comedian, and singer who's been in the hospital since... Oh, my point about Jamie Foxx is that Mm-hmm. We went to the concert with Barbara Streisand, and who comes on stage to sing a song with was her? him? Jamie Foxx. It was for one of her albums that was yes, put out, and, I don't know, five and, or six years ago. But climb yeah. every climb mountain. Climb every mountain. Yes. That was it. He came out on stage oh, and yes. sang it with her. And Cynthia and I are going, oh. Oh, because we had no idea why he was in that restaurant. Well, yeah, he was there because he was going across to the Staples Center to yes. um, sing with her. Yes. Um, his daughter revealed his illness. From the Fox family, we wanted to share that my father, Jamie Fox, experienced a medical complication yesterday. Luckily, due to quick action and great care, he is already on his way to recovery. Corinne Fox, you know, we've seen her on yes. um, some things with him. Yes. And she was, I think one year she was on the Academy Awards as a presenter. I yes. mean, you know, hand, mm-hmm. handing out the Oscars. Mm-hmm. We know how beloved he is and appreciate your prayers. The family asked for privacy during this time. Much love, the Fox family. So we wish him much love and prayers and for a speedy recovery. And, you know, we don't have to know what he had, just that hopefully yes. he'll get better and get well from from what he is suffering from. from. Yeah, suffering from. But he has to be I, I would say he has to be at Emory. I mean, because yes. that, that's the premier hospital in Georgia. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. Were you born in Atlanta? I was born in Atlanta, but Hughes okay. is called Hughes Spalding at the time. Oh, okay. Hospital. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Hugh Spaulding. Yep. That's the hospital I was born. That's it. So Atlanta. Yes. Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. He's going to be getting good care. And so our well, prayers. You, can, you know, he's getting the best of best of, of all possible cares, yeah. you know, and hopefully, hopefully with the care, it'll be a speedy recovery for him. Yes. And mm-hmm. he was, I guess this was happening 
I think this happened when he was doing the Netflix special that he's doing. Yeah. And I think he was producing know, it and all that. Somebody said, and you know, you don't vet everything that somebody says, but it, so those the point was that somebody put out, well, he had 10 more days of filming this. And somebody had said I, it wasn't vetted that they didn't even wait. He got well and got out of the hospital and they put a, a body double stunt in there and finished the project. And the point was, you will be replaced mm -hmm. in a split second in a New York minute. Well, hey, whether they said it or not, that's life. Everybody's expendable. And so that's why it's important to take care of yourself. You really do. Because yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can only depend on you and you can only look out after you. So, That's yeah, exactly they it. finished that project. Yes, they did. All right. Well, yeah, our prayers go out for Absolutely. him. Yes, indeed. And then the next hot thing was that Don Lemon Whoa. and I would say what Joy Reid say, Tuckums. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I would say his first name with the F word, but we're a, we're a, a uh, what do you call it? A, we're a family oriented show, so I won't say that. <laughs> 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 yeah tucker carson they got fired from cable tv and don lemon you know tucker tucker carson is big time for fox news he brings in a lot of money he sure does you know and so the there was a surprise statement fox news announced that host host tucker carson will be leaving the network and then cnn also announced that host don lemon's departure all of that happened on the same day same day within hours within hours and so cnn anchor don lemon has hit has hit out of the network after his firing which came after accusations of oh i don't know misogyny and misbehavior that's what they say but he said i'm stunned and he wrote that on twitter saying that mm -hmm. he was told by his agent that he had been let go and so yeah that cnn they talking about it but with the the accusation that's going around and we don't know because it's usually more than just one thing but he was saying that one of the ladies republican nikki haley that's 51 was not in her prime you know mm -hmm. and that's he, what started the whole thing that's what started the whole thing and so yeah he was yeah yeah you can't be talking about what people's mm -mm. prime and stuff is i don't know not in today's in 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 today's mm. environment mm. i mean 50 is the new 30. thank you you know and you then, can't you can't you just can't do that no, and we got presidents that are um, going pushing towards eighty, so we can't say that about women. We, right, you got and 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 what about? I was looking yesterday because I just wanted to re up myself on the ages of the Supreme Court justices. But you got ah. justices in their seventies and stuff, and before these, this group, those guys who just retired, many of them were in their eighties. Right. So, so you got you can't talk about and especially women that's just so yeah class a yeah you can't say that you know it's like uh shut up really <laughs> <laughs> you know the shocking thing to me about uh -huh. the accusations of misogyny and those kinds of things against don lemon is that all he talks about is his sister and his mother and his niece because he came from Louisiana. Uh -huh. And that's all he talks about. So I'm just, I'm baffled by what is reported. And it's reported by, in fact, there's somebody here in Youngstown that has worked with him oh. who told me 
quietly. Oh. Everything that they're saying is true. But he okay. was not, you know, he, he was not, not that great around uh, women, his women colleagues, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, she used other words, but that's another story. Mm. But, um, but, you know, my thing is, if you, if this kind of behavior comes out, why you just continue to be passed along? You know, he had that big night show at 10 o'clock after Chris Cuomo. Remember that? Yes. During COVID? Yes. And, and I knew that. So I knew when they I thought him going to the morning show was a demotion anyway. I did, too. Didn't you think that? I did, too. And I was hooted down by a lot of people who said, no, you know, no, it's a step up. And he was trying to push it under the rug saying, you know, no, this is, you know, a step in the right direction that I want to take. Honestly, I thought it was I thought that was the beginning of the end, too. Yeah, he'd been around for what, 17 plus years Sure was. And you had your own yep. show. All of a sudden, you uh-huh. you not in prime time. You in the morning, and then in the you, morning, then right with, with these two women. Okay, so I was yep. like, okay, his days are numbered. So I wasn't even yep. surprised. I wasn't either. But when they kept him on, I was like, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when that came along, I was thinking back to. Mm-hmm. I thought that the morning show thing was a demotion. Me too. That's the first thing that came in my mind. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So he must didn't pass the sniff test. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it also followed after he got on that show, there were reports about how he didn't get along with Caitlin mm-hmm. Collins, mm-hmm. made her cry or whatever, you know, whatever story there is. Mm-hmm. And But these are witness things. What I witnessed on the show was that he would interrupt the female uh, anchors, mm. you know, all the time. He always had some extra to say, you know, always a little extra twist on his part. I, I, sometimes I just wanted to say, be quiet. This isn't your story. Oh, yeah, you know, he, whatever. Well, He'll find someplace else. Oh, you they know, will. Chris Cuomo found someplace uh they, they all find someplace else to go yeah and, so, and tuckums we, we we won't tell too much about you him. know somebody will give tuckums a job because he brought in a ton of money yes and he I did think, i don't know that we i think we mentioned last week that the payout that fox had to give was 787 million dollars well vicky mm. somebody's got to take the hit Somebody's got to take the hit. But I always thought, too, and we'll see. I'm thinking that Tucker might want to be running for president. Ooh. You heard it from me. Ding, 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 ding. Because he got a big time following. Mm-hmm. I'm stunned. So we will see. That's a good thought. Because mm-hmm. he sure could raise the money. He, sh- he could raise the money instantly. And how old is he? He's probably what? In his 50s Youngish, too? 50s. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll sit back and see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the saga continues. And the saga continues. <laughs> Whoa, I'm stunned by that one. Okay. Okay. We shall see. (laughs) We shall see. Well, tell Um, us about Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. You know, being an older statesman like I am from back in the day, I remember Harry Belafonte when he was married to his first wife, uh, Marguerite. He was, you know, very handsome. You know, we just kind of knew him from, but what we knew him from early on in the 60s and 70s, 60s primarily, was that he marched with Martin Luther King. He was a big civil rights activist Mm -hmm. early in in the day. 
said back in the day and was always very outspoken. Now, I'll tell you the, the undercurrent that went on in the black community, okay. however, however, was that he left his wife for Julie Harris, who was, I think Julie was Native American ancestry. Okay. And that kind of didn't sit well, certainly with the women. I remember my mother's, well, you know, he's 96 years old. My mother's 105. So they're all of that same era. Uh, okay. so I remember my mother discussing all of that with her friends. They didn't like that. You yeah. Yes, yes. And um, so he had two daughters with his first wife. Mm -hmm. And then he and Julie got married and they had two more children. Okay. But, you know, he appeared on a lot of movies. Remember the movies in the 70s? You probably have seen them on reruns. But I remember when they first came out with Bill Cosby and yes. all of them funny movies, Buck the Preacher, Buck and the Preacher and yes. all of that. And as the years went on, and then he did this big thing in 1985. I remember that. He did the We Are the World. Yes. He pulled together all these people. As you look back on it, you're thinking, who's still alive? A lot of those people are not even alive, but Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, anybody that you could think of, Boxcar Willie Nelson, anybody that you could think of in the music world. He pulled Dionne them together. Warwick. Dionne Warwick, remember? Dionne Warwick, you know, uh, Cindy Lauper. But in the 1950s, when segregation was still widespread, his ascent to the upper echelon of show business was historic. But his primary focus was civil rights, and that's what he let you know in his later years. Mm -hmm. He stormed the pop charts and smashed racial barriers in the 50s with his highly personal brand of folk music and went on to become a dynamic force in the civil rights movement. He died at his home on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He was 96. The mm -hmm. cause was congestive heart failure, said his longtime spokesman, Ken Sunshine. At the time when segregation was still widespread and black faces were still a rarity on screens, he did that thing with um, Dorothy Dandridge, mm -hmm. Carmen Jones. Yeah. It, was still, it was still a rarity on large screens and small. Mr. Belafonte, his ascent to the upper echelon of show business was historic. He was not the first black entertainer to transcend racial boundaries. Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, and others had achieved stardom before him, but none had made as much of a splash as he did. And for a while, no one in the music, black or white, was bigger. He was born in Harlem, the West Indian immigrants. He almost single-handedly ignited a craze for Caribbean music with his yes. hits like... Yeah. And I remember yes. when they were practicing, uh -huh. uh, they were showing practicing <laughs> of the 1985 song and it was that he just kept kept on doing it over and over again. It was getting night. He's do, let's do it again. And so finally somebody broke out. Dayo, Dayo, Dayo. <laughs> And me one go home oh. and then everybody erupted into it and he just had to fall out laughing he goes okay we can take a break all right i'll see you guys in the morning it was so funny yes um and then he did jamaica farewell mm -hmm. his album calypso yes which included both those songs reached the top of the billboard shortly after its release in 1956 and stayed there for 31 weeks coming just before the breakthrough of elvis presley it was said to be the first album by a single artist to sell more than a million copies. Mr. Belafonte continued to give concerts in the years when he was off the screen, but he concentrated on political activism and charitable work. In the 1980s, he helped organize a cultural boycott of South Africa, as well as the Live Aid concert and the all-star recording, We Are the World, yes. Both of which raised money to fight famine in Africa. In 1986, encouraged by some New York State Democratic Party leaders, he briefly considered running for the United States Senate. In 1987, he replaced Danny Kaye as UNICEF's Goodwill Ambassador. 
Never shy about expressing his opinion, he became increasingly outspoken about during the Bush administration, George W. Bush administration. And in 2002, he accused Secretary of State Colin Powell of abandoning his principles to come into the house of the master. Four years later, he called Mr. Bush the greatest terrorist in the world. Mr. Belafonte was equally outspoken in the 2013 mayor election in which he campaigned for the Democratic candidate and eventual winner, Bill de Blasio. During the campaign, he referred to the Koch brothers, the wealthy industrialists known for their support of conservative causes as white supremacists and compared them to the Ku Klux Klan. Mr. de Blasio quickly distanced himself from that comment. Such statements made Mr. Belafonte a frequent target of criticism, but no one disputed his artistry. Among the many honors he received in his later life was a Kennedy Center honor in 1989, the National Medal of Arts in 1994, and a Grammy Mm -hmm. Lifetime Achievement Award in 2000. Mm -hmm. In 2011, he was the subject of a documentary film, Sing Your Song, and published his autobiography biography, My Song. In 2014, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences gave him its Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award in recognition of his lifelong fight for civil rights and other causes. The honor, he told the Times, gave him a strong sense of reward. And I don't know if anybody remembers his daughter, Sherry Belafonte. She used to be on that series. The Love Boat. I watched her all the time. She was on the Love Boat, right. And then another one where she was the uh, in a hotel, she was the clerk at the at the yes, desk of yes, this hotel. Was, yes. And so she was there in the 80s. You would see Sherry Belafonte with her little cute self mm-hmm. on um, television. So, yeah. And his son, David, those kids were born in the 60s. I think David followed after his father. And I think he's a producer somewhere. And I'm not sure the other daughter and the older daughter became an activist in her own right as well. So a life well lived, yes, a life yes. really well lived. Yeah. Rest in peace. And he was truly, yes, he was truly uh, one of our black leaders. Don't you, you think? Who was still alive. I mean, yes. he, he, when he, you know, you see pictures of him marching with Martin Luther King and, you know, all those guys during the, in the Atlanta and Birmingham and all of that during the civil rights era. And he's the last of the last. Yes. Yeah. You know, these guys are checking out of here. Yes. So, so, yes, rest in peace. And yes, rest in peace. He definitely. Day oh, daylight come and me one go home. Oh, yes, that was great. What's the latest, D? I hope not nothing. Nothing's coming to get us this week. <laughs> <laughs> but wait till next week. Yeah, wait till next week. Yep. Well, yep. thank you, D, for that information. Yep. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood-Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicki Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have 
chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our on-site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about America's fourth leading cause of death, and that is poverty. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the United States measures poverty based on how an individual's or family's income compares to a set federal threshold. And so the U.S. poverty rate increased to 11.4% in 2020 or a total of 37.2 million people. Only heart disease, cancer, and smoking kill more Americans than poverty, a new study finds. We are going to focus. We're going to focus on how poverty can increase the disparities and outcomes of health and what we can do as a community and nation to better address these issues. And so, Dee, did you want to say something? So, yeah, this topic of poverty is a really important one. As you said, it's the fourth greatest cause of death in the United States. But researchers at University of California, Riverside, estimate that poverty was associated with 183,000 deaths in 2019 among people 15 years and older. And what struck me about this article is this is the United States, the land of the plenty. Mm -hmm. And that's a conservative estimate, they say, because the year was just prior to the COVID pandemic. Poverty kills as much as dementia, accidents, stroke, Alzheimer's, and diabetes, said David Brady, the study's lead author and a University of California Riverside professor of public policy. Poverty silently killed 10 times as many people as all the homicides in 2019, and yet homicide firearms and suicide get vastly more attention, he added in a university news release. People living in poverty have incomes less than 50% of the U.S. median income, the researchers noted. In 2021, the median household income was 70784 per household, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Impoverished Americans have roughly the same survival rates as richer folks until they hit 40s. Then they die at significantly higher rates, according to the study. The analysis found that only heart disease, cancer, and smoking kill more people than poverty. Deaths related to obesity, diabetes, drug overdoses, suicides, firearms, and homicides were all fewer than deaths. So, well, all fewer than deaths associated with poverty. Researchers analyzed income data from the Institute for Social Research at the University of Michigan and death data from household surveys from the Cross National Equivalent File. They validated deaths using a, da a database kept by the U.S. Um, National Center for Health Statistics. Because certain ethnic and racial minority groups are far more likely to be in poverty, our estimates can improve understanding of ethnic and racial inequalities in life expectancy, according to the paper. Poverty should get more attention from policymakers, said Brady, director of University of California Riverside's Bloom 
initiative on global and regional poverty. If we had less poverty, there'd be a lot better health and well-being. People could work more and they could be more productive, Brady said. All of those are benefits of investing in people through social Social policies. policies. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Well, that means that we should pay attention. We should pay attention when we vote, when we think about social policies, you know, because they affect us and especially our well-being. But if we are living in poverty, guess what? It affects our health. It affects our life expectancy. And most people don't really think about that. They don't think about that. And so there's a nice summary. It's a it's a summary that talks about a literature summary. And there's a, a initiative that's called Healthy People 2030. And it's by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And it talks about you know, how it measures poverty based on the income. For example, in the 2021 um, definition, people are considered impoverished if their individual income is below 12000 and if their household is below 26000 for a family of four. And so the rate has declined after five consecutive years in decline, the U.S. poverty rate increased um, in 2020. And so it goes on to say that poverty often occurs in concentrated areas and endures for long periods of time. Some communities such as certain racial and ethnic groups, people living in rural areas and people with disabilities have a higher risk of poverty for a merit of factors that extend beyond individual control. And that's the key we talked about. A lot of times, you know, folks have that mentality where, yeah, they need to pull up by their bootstraps. <laughs> exactly, right. And sometimes you can't control these situations, right? Mm -mm, No, yeah. And so, for example, institutional racism and discrimination contribute to unequal social and economic opportunity. Residents of impoverished communities often have reduced access to resources that are needed to support a healthy quality of life, such as stable housing, healthy foods and safe neighborhoods. Poverty can also limit access to educational and employment opportunities, which further contributes to income inequality and perpetuates the cyclical effects of poverty. And so, yes, those are things that, you know, because that gets on my nerves a lot. And that's why I'm so just just really an advocate for a lot of these agencies and community stuff like the minority health and all of the things, you know, that make sure that we take care of folks that are in the poverty level. And if you have well, disabilities, remember, you know, you can't help it. You can't control if you have disabilities. Right. And that was part of the problem is as I'm sitting here listening and reading with you this um, summary, I'm having flashbacks to the COVID pandemic Mm -hmm. that a lot of what happened in the COVID pandemic with African-Americans and people of color and poverty were these things that they couldn't control. So a lot of them, they couldn't have, they didn't have access to health care. They were living in multi-generational homes where they couldn't, you know, all we could, we're 
We're isolating in our basement. It's all fully furnished, you know, while two or three <laughs> levels upstairs. I mean, most people did not have all that where you could isolate. I remember watching Chris Cuomo, who lived in his basement that was fully furnished and all of that. Most folks don't have that, and they're living in multi-generational households. So all of these things, the social determinants of health and socioeconomic things contributed to the disparities of COVID in the African-American and Latino community. Yes, they did. And so that's why a lot of times it's right. The the article was saying that we don't really like talking about poverty, but we probably should talk. We probably should talk right. and focus more on that. This summary continues to say that unmet social needs, environmental factors and barriers to assessing health care contribute to worse health outcomes for people with lower income. For example, people with limited finances may have more difficult obtaining health insurance. We know that. Or paying for expensive procedures and medications. In addition, neighborhood factors such as limited access to healthy foods and higher instances of violence can affect health by influencing health behaviors and stress. And we always talk about the food deserts and and not having uh, accessibility to good, healthy foods. We talk about that all the time. But, you know, there's violence and stuff. You know, we tell people, oh, go exercise and walk. Some people cannot go outside of their house. Their house. And today you don't want to go outside your house or be a delivery person doing anything, knocking on anybody's door or walking or anything. Going outside today is dangerous. It's dangerous. And so a lot of folks can't afford to go to gyms. Yes, go to the gyms and so forth. And so that's why we appreciate the community center. That try to think about having, you know, providing access to their health programs for folks that may not be able to afford it. Then it also talks about across the lifespan, residents of impoverished communities are at increased risk for mental illness, chronic disease, higher mortality and lower life expectancy. Children make up the largest age group of those experiencing poverty. Childhood poverty is associated with developmental delays, toxic stress, chronic illness, nutritional deficits. Individuals who experience childhood poverty are more likely to experience poverty into adulthood, which contributes to generational cycles of poverty. In addition to lasting effects of childhood poverty, adults living in poverty are at a high risk of adverse health effects from obesity, smoking, substance use, and chronic stress. And finally, Older adults with lower incomes experience higher rates of disability and mortality. One study found that men and women in the top 1% of income were expected to live 14.6 and 10.1 years longer, respectively, than men and women in the bottom 1%. So, yeah, whether you got money or not affects your life expectancy. Isn't that crazy? Poverty is a multifaceted issue that will require multi um, approaches to address strategies that improve the economic mobility of families may help to alleviate the negative effects of poverty, for example. And these are the things that when we talk about it with our government and the people that we vote for, what we about to say now is important. It says For example, tax credits, 
such as the Earned Income Tax Credit and Child Tax Credit, alleviate financial burdens for families with lower and middle incomes by the reducing the amount of taxes owed. In addition, we got federal social assistance programs. They are designed to provide safety net services and specifically benefit individuals and families with lower incomes. Two of the nation's largest social assistance programs are Medicaid, which provides health coverage, and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, which is called SNAP, which provides food assistance. Medicaid and SNAP serve millions of people each year and have been associated with reductions in poverty along with overall health benefits. In order to reduce social economic inequality, we may also be important to address factors that are associated with the health status of poor communities. Additional research and interventions are needed to address the effects of poverty on health outcomes and disparities. So what do you say to that, Dee? What do you say? Well, it just reminds me of the book that our friend Daniel Dawes wrote, The Political Determinants of Health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he goes on to describe a lot of these things and these the programs that you just mentioned, many of them are not supported by some states you know, and certain parties and certain people and so forth and leaders of the community. And so you really need to know before you vote for people what their stance is on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, we were talking before, what baffles me is that when people vote for people, they don't do their homework and they're voting for people who vote for things that are against their own best health and economic interests. Yes. And so that's the sad thing. That's the sad part. We get caught up in in feeling ashamed. You know, some people they feel ashamed by having snap and being a part of this pro there's nothing uh -uh. at all no right because guess what our tax dollars pay for that all exactly. right we will and there's some people who are who are you know in positions of power and some governors of some states and whatever what have you are trying to do away with a lot of these programs because they complain well you know you're taking our tax dollars and this that and the other well you don't say anything when the tax dollars are by the billionaires and, and millionaires and so forth and you don't know what they're using them for or no, with our tax dollars. Doing. Yeah, but yeah, our, tax, exactly. our tax dollars build stadiums and stuff. People don't realize exactly. that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's why it's important for us as a community, for us to really think about poverty and those that are living, you know, we have people that are struggling, you know, um, every day. It's important that we we reach out to a lot of these agencies. You know, that's why Vicky Doe Fitness, we love and you too, D, we love, you know, going in, talking and helping these organizations because they do a lot for our community. Because a lot of people do depend on these programs and social assistance for their families and to have health and well-being. So exactly. I went to a health fair this past the end of the summer and happened to witness one of the food mobiles is going around. Yes, it was wonderful. And the good thing about it, the people that were in it that were, you know, 
packaging the food and giving it out to people and so forth. They were people that they got from the correctional CCA organization. Okay. You know, giving people who coming back from prison a job. Okay. You know, an opportunity to work themselves back into the community was doing something that's, that that was a good thing. So, and but the foods in there, Vicky, I was shocked. I okay. mean, the vegetables okay. were fabulous yes helping really the, really nice helping yeah, the right local now, farmers when i left it it was in mahoning county she was working on trying to do something to bring it into trumbull county as well okay yeah and so yeah that's why i always say for folks you know yeah let's pay attention you know sometimes we always say well i'm not voting i'm this and that uh you probably better if you don't vote for, <laughs> exactly. for in the national okay whatever but yeah your mayor and your your representatives uh even down to the congressmen and the the folks in your uh, district district as they say politics is local you yes. know that's not you it's all, all well and good to talk about the united states of america but we're talking about those councilmen and the, the councilmen, that's and what I wanted the, to and say. The, the, the state representatives and all of that, you know, who may be voting for things that are against your best interest in your community. You yes. Keep your eyes open. And that's your right. That is, is your right. Yes. It is. Okay. Well, D, that was an interesting show because it, it just really was in my face. We always talk about heart disease, number one killer, blah, 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 but we never think about poverty. And so, yes, yeah. poverty is the fourth leading cause of death here in America. And so we definitely need to yeah, really think about how that affects all of us, you know, our health and well-being. And so, D, what and else? Like do I you... said, uh -huh. it's it's the shame of it all is that, you know, we're not a third world country. I know. You know, we're looked at as like the leading country in the world and we have poverty as the fourth. That just there's a disconnect somehow. But, you know, they say in this country is controlled, the wealth is controlled by the top 1%. Mm -hmm. And then there's everybody else mm -hmm. below. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the things that I want to highlight from what you said today is that it occurs in concentrated areas and endures for long periods of time, multi-generational, because it, it's almost like a caste system. If you were born into it, it's hard to get out of it. Yes. Some communities such as racial and ethnic groups, people living in poverty and people with disabilities have a higher rate of poverty for a lot of reasons. And as I mentioned earlier, it's multifactorial. And then you talked about unmet social needs, environmental factors and barriers to accessing health care contributed to worse outcomes for people with lower incomes. Mm -hmm. It dialed me back to what happened during the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. and why there were such health disparities. And the, the, the thing was that when the pandemic came along, I I remember writing something and said, you know, we were just working fast and furious trying to keep people alive. We didn't know what was coming through the door and this, that, and the other. And then Anthony Fauci said, whoa, COVID has band-aid off of an unacceptable situation, healthcare disparities. Well, I'm sitting going, we knew that. Right. I mean, it wasn't like it was a all of a sudden some epiphany. We get hit by anything that what, what, what is it that some people get hit by a, a rainstorm and we get hit by a tsunami? Yeah, or or they say when some folks get a cold, we got pneumonia. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So and then you talked about that residents of impoverished community are, are at increase for mental illness. 
And we know, and that's another one of my pet peeves, is that so many of the mental illness resources have gone. And you look at what's happening in this country with violence, and I'm not saying that every mentally ill person is violent by no means, but we can look around and see from just the anecdote of, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, that there are a lot of unmet mental health needs. And then lastly, poverty is multi is a multifaceted issue that will require multi-pronged approaches to, to address. And you talked about all the programs. And again, let me reiterate, it is no shame to be able to receive the resources resources. from these programs. Mm -hmm. That's what we pay for. They're there for that. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame in going out and asking for help and so forth. I don't know. The WIC program is another program. Yes, yes. around but that was a really good program for mothers and infants because, it's still you know, around mm-hmm. and because our infant and maternal and infant mortality uh rates are sky high mm-hmm. you know sky high and then there was a study that came out this past month that showed that even if you're in a higher socioeconomic income your your mortality for being pregnant or postpartum. Look at Serena. Everybody talks about Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. And there was another woman who was a, uh, who was a runner. She had postpartum issues. I can't think of her name um, now. At, was it at, uh, Felix? Allison Felix. Allison exactly. Felix, yes. So if those women are having maternal uh, issues, uh, you know, God help us for the ones who are a lower socioeconomic income. So, yeah. Right. So that's why it's important. I thought it was important for us to bring this to our attention. And we want all of us, whether we're living in poverty or we are affected with our families or what have you, let's look for the resources. Every city, every space that we live, they have some type of organizations or agencies that are there for us to reach out and and get the things that we need. And so exactly, let's tell our family members, tell our friends, our community to go and yeah, and ask questions and and get the resources that we need so that we can have exactly. um, better health and well being. Exactly. All right, and as always, folks. For more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.